Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, August 28, 2019, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. The great Brian Karam returns to the show today. Brian is a completely fearless White House reporter for Playboy, as well as a CNN analyst. We last heard from Brian back in mid-June on this show, but on July 11, Brian ended up in a verbal scuffle with Sebastian Gorka, of all people, right there in the White House Rose Garden. And as a result, Brian was suspended from the White House for 30 days, a suspension he's currently fighting in court. So today I thought we'd get an update on the situation from Brian himself. Meanwhile, if you like what you hear, please consider supporting this podcast by subscribing to our bonus content at bobseskashow.com. All right, let's jump on the phone with Brian Karam. Hello? Brian Karam, it's Bob Seska. How are you? Hey, Bob. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. You've had a hell of a summer, especially since we last spoke on the show, huh? <laughs> it's been busy. Yeah, eventful. Um, let's go back. Obviously, I want to talk to you about what's going on with the White House and and Sebastian Gorka and all the rest of it. Let's start uh, with July 11 in the Rose Garden. Tell, tell us exactly what happened, how you managed to restrain yourself from decking Sebastian Gorka, because I would have... <laughs> I would have shown far less restraint than you. I, I assure you. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, it was uh, it was a goofy day. Uh, he had a um, summit, social media summit, in the White House. Yeah. Uh, it was originally closed press, and the president was going to open it up, so we let the pool in. Then he tweeted out he was going to have a press conference, and we got out there. It wasn't really a press conference. He was with the AG, I believe signing some statements. So as uh, yeah. we were, he had as guests of the social media people that he had just had the summit with and the press corps, the White House press corps was behind rope lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as he was leaving, I said, hey, Mr. President, actually the most innocuous question I've ever asked the guy. I said, you mind sticking around answering a few questions? And he booked it. And then there was some tackling. Apparently there was tackling going on before the social media people have been heckling members of the press. Yeah. And so the heckling continued. 
and I made a joke, and they laughed, and then Gorka came over, and all hell broke loose. Um, so I, I encouraged him to have a conversation with me. He took that to mean he wanted to fight. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to start a fight in the Rose Garden of the White House, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. I may be many things, and a, and a smart aleck is one of them, but, and irreverent, but I'm not encouraging people to fisticuffs in the... Uh, Rose Garden. So, but he wanted, I think he wanted the, the drama and the fight. And so he made something out of it. And I offered to shake his hand later on. He wouldn't do that. And so then I left and, uh, forgot all about it, went about my business. And for the next three weeks, you know, did my job until, uh, I was, uh, notified that they had suspended my press pass for 30 days and I had a chance to appeal it. And, um, and and so that's where we are. We're appealing it. They stuck to their decision. We went to court. I've, I've actually, I never thought I'd have a, a, um, styling in court, Brian Kim versus Donald Trump, but there it is. Um, so we filed suit against uh, the president and Stephanie Grisham and requested our, my, uh, press pass be reinstated. And, yeah. uh, it, that hearing was yesterday. Uh, the, uh, White House said that there was part of the reason why they had suspended it was because of a statement from a, uh, a Secret Service agent. And then today, the, the uh, judge in the case asked to see the um, statement. And then today, the DOJ said there actually is no statement. So, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> totally keeping with this White House. You know, a question for you. Um, why do you suppose it took them three weeks to decide what to do about uh, what happened on July 11th? As we fought, as we said in our pleadings, I don't think it had anything to do with Gorka and that event. I think they used that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And the real reason they um, they went after me is that I had been there for three weeks asking questions, and some of them were difficult. Now. Sometimes the president answered me, but the day before I got notice of the suspension, yeah. he, had shake, he, he had shaken his finger at me <laughs> and was upset with me. And I had asked him point blank uh, if he could respond to the statement from um, Bernie that he was a pathological liar. <laughs> and I think that set him off. And um, yeah. I, I think that's why they suspended my press pass. I don't think it had any, I, I could be wrong or, or it may have, it may be for a completely different reason. Maybe he got up in the morning and go, I Playboy won't have me on the cover. Defend him. Or, you know, I had capers instead of, you know, uh, chicken this morning to spend them. There is no logic in this yeah. administration. So you're looking for it is rather fruitless sometimes. Yeah, you know, uh, Yamichi Alcinder, I think that's, uh, I'm sorry, I, I only ever see her name in print, so I'm not exactly sure how to yeah. pronounce her, her full name, but she did the same thing at the G7. She asked Trump, uh, she basically accused Trump point blank of uh, of being a liar, and he kind of skimmed right past it, but should she be watching her back at this point, do you think? Oh, everybody should be watching the back. Yeah. It's not going to end with me. It didn't start with me. Yeah. As you can see, there's a pattern. He goes after people who ask him, questions or a hard line and he doesn't answer mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's uh, that is how this administration operates but they're never going to come at you straight on and mm-hmm. say i don't believe in the first amendment because that's not going to get him anywhere everyone would would get upset with that but what they will do is 
try to get the people that they don't like, and they've had enough of them, they're going to try and chop them away from the herd mm-hmm. and cleave them away as, as quickly and cleanly as possible. And so it's going to be about another reason. It's not going to be about the First Amendment. It's going to be they were rude, or they didn't follow protocol, or they weren't proper, or they're, uh, they're actually the problem, not me. Yeah. I've seen this happen time and again. It's, you know, <clears throat> there are 12 of us alive on this planet and we, that have been jailed for defending the First Amendment uh, by keeping a confidential source secret. That's, there's about 12 of us. And about a year and a half ago, we got together in D.C. and we had a roundtable discussion at the National Press Club. And before we did that, we, had a, a, we met like an hour before we went in front of the public. And many of us had never met for the first time. So we sat around this table. And we just started talking about our stories and, and how it happened. Every one of us had a very similar story. Yep. The government in each case said, yes, we believe in the First Amendment vehemently, but not in this case because this reporter was wrong. This reporter was rude. Yep. This reporter did something that's not correct. And it's always the government trying to twist facts to suit their ends. And that's, that is the simple fact. Do you see a difference between the suspension of your hard pass versus, say, for example, if we rewind about 10 years, the Obama White House suspending Fox News' access? And also, you know what, there was a thing with better... That was wrong. They yeah. shouldn't have suspended Fox News' access. Interesting. I defend Fox News. and that, You know, look, for that matter, I'll defend Sebastian Gorka. He can call me a punk. He can say anything wrong. He can hate me. I defend the death you're right to say. You know, I disagree with what you say, but defend the death you're right to say it. I don't care what he says. I wasn't there to cover Gorka. I'm there to cover the president. Yeah. Anybody can say anything they want, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, Fox has a right to be there. Breitbart has a right to be there. Those bloggers could be there as far as I'm concerned. I think it would be hilarious and it would be a circus because they don't know what they're doing. But... <clears throat> And, I, and the term citizen journalist kind of gets me, I'm at odds with that term because we're all citizens, we're all journalists. I, 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 it's like saying, you know, uh, people, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of redundant. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is no, it, it's not right to do those things. The, the foundation of our republic is such that, you know, all voices should be heard. As many should, and, you know, I, of course I have problems with, the way people present certain facts or twist things or don't present certain facts. But you have to remember the first amendment was founded at a time when there was nothing but partisan media. Thomas Jefferson said that he would, you know, with a choice of uh, no government or no, he, uh, or no press, he'd take, you know, no government. He'd take the press over the government. And he did that during a time when the, uh, there wasn't any such thing as objectivity. It was all subjective. And then, boy, did the press really make stuff up back then. Yeah. So it, we have a, a, a history of chaotic arguments in this republic, and that's the way it should be. The, the history of the United States is based upon, you know, bringing disagreements to the forefront and talking about them. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it's all about. So, you know, no, I, I, I don't see much of a difference. I think it's, it's silly either way. Yeah. Now that we're talking about this, is there any sort of recourse for an administration or even a presidential candidate, like, for example, Beto O'Rourke and the situation with Breitbart? Is there any recourse for a White House 
to address something like, I mean, blatantly made up stories like sometimes Fox News Channel, especially during the Roger Ailes uh, uh, regime and so on. Also uh, with Breitbart, just making up stories, just raising all kinds of hell that way. What's the correct way to address that for uh, a White House, for example? Put the facts out, criticize the press, that's Mm. fine, and let the chips fall where they may. It was Larry Speaks, who was Reagan's press secretary, who said, and I quote, do not tell us how to save the news, or we will not tell you how to report the news. Mm -hmm. That's right. The fact is, there is the contention, the adversarial relationship is built into the government for a reason. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get ideas out. And you will talk to any press secretary in the past who will tell you that the questions brought before them during uh, press conferences and, and briefings enabled them to learn and grow policy. So it's a give and take. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship between the press and government. Well, in fact, the last checks and balances on government. Mm-hmm. So you have, to, you have to allow the voices to be heard. And that's the bottom line for all of it. Now, for our listeners who aren't necessarily aware of how all of this works, I mean, how do you end up acquiring a hard pass? And uh, what's the difference between, like, a hard pass and uh, and a day pass? Well, a day pass, you have to call ahead for every day. Yeah. And it's it's problematic. And then you have to have an escort to get on. And then um, with a hard pass, you're also able to get on Air Force One. You're also able to get in the pools. You're also able to do... Uh, much more. It's and it's a home pass. Actually, is a security pass given by the uh, Secret Service. They they're the ones who do all the investigating into whether or not you can have a hard pass. Yeah. And you usually have to have a congressional hard pass in order to get the uh, the presidential hard pass. So there's there's multiple things that you go through that enables you to get into the White House and cut and and the. the by the way, the Congressional Hard Pass is considered the gold standard. And it's administered by uh, reporters and editors and members of the press. So it's vetted. It, it's not like a fly-by-night. You're a fly-by-night uh, news organization. You have to have been there for a while. Mm-hmm. And they, they have to know that you're a legitimate news organization and not some, you know, wacko left or right ring or, or, you know, conspiracy theorist who just wants to get into the White House and, and act like a fool. You have to actually be, a, you know, have some bona fides to do it. So yeah. it's, um, it's a tricky thing to get. It's not easy. And once you get it, it, it helps you obtain access to the White House and to people on the campus at the White House. Have you been able to get back into the White House with a day pass, or are you suspended altogether? No, I'm suspended, so I can't get in at all right now. Oh, my God. So, And that was, yeah. was that a permanent suspension, or is that just uh, for a period of time? You say 30, 30 days. 30 days. September 14th. Okay, let's take a break here to talk about Plexiderm. Of course, Kimberly Johnson and I have both tested Plexiderm. In fact, we fought over the the canister of Plexiderm as soon as it came in the mail, and we both tried it out because we were just dying to see if it actually works. And sure enough, not only did it work, 
but it worked in a matter of minutes. We've both tried all kinds of skincare products that take months, maybe even years to actually show results. But with Plexiderm, it's just a matter of minutes. In fact, Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates under eye bags and wrinkles in just a few minutes. The science behind Plexiderm is incredible with clinical studies to back it up. So if you look older and tired because of crow's feet, wrinkles, or under eye bags, you can look younger in just minutes with Plexiderm. See for yourself. Take the test. Pick up some Plexiderm. There's a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Try it out. But in the meantime, you can watch a real video with real people and see how fast crow's feet, wrinkles, and under eye bags disappear, vanish, poof. Those results are backed up again by Plexiderm's 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Go to triplexiderm.com and use the coupon code SEXYLIBERAL for my discount. Again, that's two words, SEXYLIBERAL for my discount. That's triplexiderm.com with the code SEXYLIBERAL or call 1-800-685-1292 and mention SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you so much. And now back to Brian Karam. Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. And so do you think that your court proceeding right now, because you're suing the White House, right, to regain access we've uh, filed we had a hearing yesterday uh-huh. and we'll find out friday or tuesday if the temporary restraining order goes into effect so i can get my press pass back so that's uh that seems to be i mean what's the uh take of your uh, legal team so far is it looking hopeful or is it this something that uh you're just gonna I've be never known a, i've never known an attorney that wasn't hopeful <laughs> yes, touche. <laughs> Very well said. Um, when that when that happened, I mean, it was obviously it was three weeks after the incident took place with Sebastian Gorka. Oh my God, I, I just I can't believe that Sebastian Gorka is in the news this way. But that aside, um, what would you- I can't believe anybody's defending him. <laughs> I can't believe the White House they sanctioned his behavior. They said, "Hey, what he did was okay. That's to be expected." But me, on the other hand, I had to show fealty. Yeah. So right. that, and in fact, one of the things they said in court yesterday was, if I had only come in and apologized, I, I would have been okay. But I have shown no remorse for what I've done. I, I'm, I'm going to remorse for what I did. I, we're going to, geez. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Now, so is your gig in danger? I mean, are you uh, under threat of, of losing your job because of all of this, or is Playboy standing well, by you? I, at this point, no, but, you know, you don't know, because if, if you're not allowed into the White House, if your job is to cover the White House, then eventually that could become an issue. I mean, that was one of the issues in uh, the case with uh, Jim Acosta, but they just outright revoked it. They just said, oh, hell, it's screwed. You're out. <laughs> yeah. Now they try to get their... Uh, They've tried to get their act together a little bit, and as they excise reporters from the herd, they're trying to get get it down so it'll stick. But I, we'll see if it does or it doesn't. Now, the one thing that I thought of as soon as I saw all of this go down um, was it, it felt like you were being baited into this by Gorka. Like, this is the sort of thing that Sebastian Gorka eats with a, a spoon and a knife. I mean, this is uh, this is completely Sebastian you know, Gorka's wheelhouse. I, I mean, that's speculate i know he loves attention but you know i, I i'm not going to speculate on on what his motives were i don't cover gorka in mm. fact i don't even know the guy <laughs> i have seen him i saw him once in the white house uh when he was on staff which was for about five minutes i think i don't know did he last a star Michi? i don't know how long he was there yeah. um so, so he was gone and then the second time i saw him in my life was in that meeting. I don't watch the podcast. I don't read what he said. I don't know who he is. I don't care. Mm-hmm. My job isn't to cover Gorka. My job is to cover the president. So that's 
you know, I know he wants it to be about him, but uh, sadly, it's not. Yeah. For his sake, I mean, sadly, it's not. <laughs> right. For my sake, <laughs> thankfully, it isn't. <laughs> I mean, would they? do you get the sense that maybe these guys, I'm talking about the White House, uh, <laughs> I refer to the White House as these guys, uh, do you get the sense that they've been gunning for you all along anyway, and this was just sure, kind of a like bullshit pretext? Like anything I say. Yeah. But why would they like anything I say? Of course, but here's the thing. They're unprofessional, they're unqualified, and they're arrogant. <clears throat> and, you know, that's the way bullies operate. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know where they don't like me. I don't much care, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, that's, Pretty true. I'm sure they have you uh, heard from anyone inside the White House at this point, as far as the rest of the press corps, any contacts along these lines that have kind of related to you what the climate is over there right now, as far as uh, uh, what's well, happening? The climate hasn't changed. It's only gotten worse. The climate in the White House is at best chaotic. Yeah. That's at best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some days it's heated chaotic. Some days it's, you know, it's the miasma, it's a soup, you know, but it's not, when you have that many people who don't know what they're doing inside the administration, trying to uh, dictate to people who've been around for a while and know what's going on, i.e. the press corps, it's not a recipe for anything but disaster. And when you have a president who routinely lies, continuously lies, cannot tell the truth for his, you know, if his life depended on it, well, it's, it's very difficult. And... You know, come on, the, the lies that this president has told, the spin that his administration has to put on what he says, it's disheartening. And quite frankly, many people are, are worn out. I have a friend of mine who's a reporter going, I feel like I've got PTSD. And like, you know, it's like, I, I understand. I mean, do you see all of this correcting itself at some point in the future? I mean, is it possible to uh, to recapture something uh, that resembles normalcy in the West Wing? Or is this going to become kind of the thing? It's going to be a constant spy versus spy situation where it's basically, uh, well, Trump started this way and then the next administration has to react to that and they're doing their own version of that and then vice versa. And then it just spirals out of control that way. Is it, is that, uh, well, it is spiraled out of control already. Yeah. And as you know, I asked Sam Donaldson pretty much the same question that you've just asked me. I said, do you think that Donald Trump has done irreparable harm to our profession or to the country? And I, I like what what uh, Sam said. He said, you know, he's done harm, but I don't believe it's irreparable. Mm-hmm. And he has hope that, that, you know, what this country was founded on and the people in this country can forge uh, a, a better deal coming out of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I, I agree. I think that he's done a great deal of harm to this country. I think he's done a great deal of harm to our profession. But I think we'll survive Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I want to grab your uh, insider take on uh, two different stories real quick. Two stories uh, of the last few days here, if you don't mind. Uh, The nuking hurricane story. Does that sound like a setup by the the White House? That seems like a John Barron operation, you know, Trump's fake uh, press Uh, agent. You mean uh, the president saying drop... Uh, nuclear bombs and hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, does that sound like something where they were deliberately plant that story in the press to make the press look no, bad? That's just Trump being Trump. Wow. I, look, I'm telling you right now, and I, I he is a he would have been a mediocre stand up road comic. <laughs> I mean, most of the stuff that he says, he just whiffs and it comes off 
the top of his head. He's trying to score points. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. He stays in his groove, build the wall, make America great. You know, all those three-word slogans that he loves, that people cheer for him. But I've seen him one time riffing on something in front of the farmers, and then, you know, he, he, he basically insulted them and had to dig his way out of the hole. I mean, that's just Trump. Right, right. Well, and the same goes for this story, uh, this uh, thing. And if you think there's a strategy, you're giving him way too much credit. Yeah, no, oh, no way. Not a chance in hell. This guy's making it up as he goes along. There is no yeah. roadmap that he is operating under. Uh, and well, I think, there might be a roadmap, but he can't read it and doesn't like it. So he's going to go in with his <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, the, the same question I have for you uh, regarding this uh, Lawrence O'Donnell scoop uh, last night about Trump's loan documents, is this something... Um, that you've kind of uh, heard mumblings about or things uh, behind the scenes. What story is this again? Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell last night said that uh, he's got a source inside Deutsche Bank who claimed that uh, uh, Trump had co-signers on his loan documents with Deutsche Bank and the co-signers were Russian oligarchs. Um <laughs> And so, so clearly, yeah, well, clearly you uh, you were unaware of that, so you haven't heard any scuttlebutt behind the scenes along these lines, have you? Oh, well, you hear rumors about that stuff all the time. I mean, you know, and his defense of Putin, want to bring Putin into the G7, and he's a Putin buddy. Yeah, you kind of wonder, but I, I, I bet the moon on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just got the sense that maybe with your uh, your journalistic sniffer that you can kind of smell these uh, these things like a fart in a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it's uh, I just it screamed out to me. Both of these stories screamed out to me that maybe they were some form of rat fucking. Insofar as someone is trying to set up Lawrence O'Donnell, someone's maybe hey, trying I to set up these other guys. The, uh, who the anonymous letter writer was from the New York Times? Who still don't know who that is? Oh yeah, that's right. Now, is there any theory along those lines? Uh, you know, oh, as yeah, to who that might be. Of theories. Yeah. The, the theories that Dan Coates or Kellyanne Conway or Mike Kent yeah. or, or Captain Beefheart. <laughs> I mean, there, is there any sort of consensus in the press room? Like, has there been no, any sort of? And, and, and quite honestly, most people quit chasing that a long time ago. But I'm still curious. Yeah. And, and I. I, you know, who are the adults in that room? I mean, they keep saying they were the adults in the room, but, well, most of the people that were there when that letter was written are gone. So yeah. <laughs> it makes you wonder if there are any adults left in the room, if there were any there to begin with. <laughs> Goddamn. Well, you know, that's uh, not very comforting at all. So how are you, uh, how are you spending the rest of your summer here? What are you, what are you keeping busy with? Uh, you don't have to deal with this constant uh, shovel fight well, in the West. I still have to deal with it, but I just can't deal with it inside the White House ground. So, you know, I'm still doing what I got to do uh, as I can do it. Hampers makes your job much more difficult covering the administration when you're, you know, not there. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I mean, do you have sources inside the White House that you can still yeah, kind of lean yeah, on? Yeah, I have some great sources. I was going to go on the G7 summit until this thing happened, and uh, we were going to go to Poland, but that was not. I mean, so that's, you know, we're waiting to see what happens, and then we'll go back to doing what we do. All right. Brian Karam, uh, we are behind you 100%, obviously. Uh, good luck with the rest of this fight. We absolutely need you in the West Wing. You are doing uh, 
Incredible work there, and and extremely important work, might I add, because you're one of the few who are unafraid to ask serious questions. This isn't an indictment of the the rest of the press corps necessarily. I'm just saying you're a standout when it comes to uh, holding these guys' feet to the fire and asking what needs to be asked, uh, despite the roaring engines of Marine One in the background. Uh, <laughs> by the way, is that the yeah. point? Is that the point of why he does those chopper talks? Is it because the, the noise in the background? The reason why he does those are several folds. One, he retains control. He can pretend like he doesn't hear questions that he doesn't want to take. It limits the ability to ask the follow-up question. Uh. Reporters cannot hear each other so that we can't actually coordinate questions to follow up on he can cut it off anytime he wants he loves he loves it 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 makes you feel like you're a jailed suspect or or an animal in a zoo and the zookeeper is you know prancing back and forth picking out which animal he wants to pick on he can also uh, keep his questions answered short he doesn't really have to answer a question if you notice his his answers are always just, uh, he doesn't even really answer a question. He just kind of spins off into his own, you know, propaganda. And he, you have to keep the questions short to be heard. And it makes us look bad because we're shouting questions out at the president rather than being in a press conference. And he calls on us and we stand up and we're on the, the camera and he's on the camera mm-hmm. and that's the other thing when he's on the white house south lawn he's you can't hear the question we're not mic'd, and the cameras are not on us they're on him mm-hmm. so in a formal press conference it's much more staid and professional you see the person asking the question you hear the question you hear the president's answer yeah. the last news conference that he did at the white house there's no wonder he told me to sit down, and he has not done one since then. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. In fact, the, the sound, too, is almost unusable. I think that's one of the other reasons maybe he does that, because he knows that uh, the 6 o'clock news is not going to run sound that sounds like a, a blender running or like a, uh, you know, like a margarita maker sitting right next to his face. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Less yeah. likely to uh, use that. Uh, yeah, and you can't <laughs> hear anything. All right, my friend, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day today to, to talk with me here and really, really appreciate it. Keep going. Godspeed to you, Brian Karam. Thanks, Brian. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Randy Rhodes, host of the Randy Rhodes After Hours podcast. If you love this episode, you're going to love the whole show. Every week we talk about everything that matters to you, from our future as a democracy to our existence on this here planet. Find it all at sexyliberal.com on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts.